Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. <laughs> so, Brother Jay would have been here, but his work has kept him away. And our pastor is still not completely recuperated from his trip. So, you get me, and I'm hopefully, it'll be the rest of you as well, pitching in. Um, for tonight. <clears throat> so if you remember where we were, somebody want to give a quick recap? Hey John, are we on actually? Okay. Yeah. Five Kings had just been the first war and recorded war in the history of the world okay. had just come to an end uh, the four kings against the five and uh, the, the two of these kings were were um, the king of Sodom and Gomorrah okay. this is before they were destroyed mm-hmm. and um, they were on the good guys side for a change <laughs> and uh, well <laughs> according to this I did and um and they, and some of the bad guys uh, captured Lot and just uh, Lot and some of his men, and uh, Abraham <coughs> went by with three hundred plus men and, and freed him. Okay, good. And now we're we're going to get to the fun part with <laughs> Melchizedek. Oh, there you go. Dun, dun, dun. What verse? What chapter verse? So we're, on, we're, in, we're, we're in chapter fourteen, and I believe we are. Beginning 17, where it says God's promise to Abraham. Right. Abram. So the whirlwind tour was they went and pursued them all the way up to Damascus, and now they're coming back down, and they're going to hit Jerusalem. So we're only actually going to get through three verses tonight, because we've got to go other, one, two, three, yeah, because we've got to go several other places in the Bible to get the, to get the whole story. Now for the rest of the story. I think that's what Paul Harvey used to say, right? Okay. So, um, I'm just going to read 17 through 20. So, after his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shiva, that is, the king's valley. And Mechizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered you from your, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So, we've got Abram coming back, and he gets to the area of Jerusalem, and... He, uh, the king of Sodom comes out and meets him, and this guy, Melchizedek, comes out and meets him, who we have no clue who this guy is, based on, based on what we have up to this point, right? Um, so, I'll, I guess I'll open it up first and say, have you heard anything about this Melchizedek guy? And then we can go look in the rest. See, I, I always thought it was funny because it almost sounds like that word. Remember Superman had this villain, villain that had like a weird oh, name? Yeah. Mr. Mixoplex. Mix, and if you had to get him to say his name backwards, backwards. and then he'd have to go back to where he ever came from. So, that's, so I thought this name that's sort of sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he came from. So, okay, I guess everybody wants to be... Correct. Yep, we're going to hit those verses later on. <clears throat> But so it looks like at least from these verses, what do we know? Who 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 he was? The king of Salem. Okay, and Salem being peace. Well, I mean Salem being the city of Jerusalem. All right, so it's later called that. Um, and he was so he's king of Salem, and also what was he? Priest. Priest. Okay, so there's a weird combination. It doesn't really show up in any of the later. What uh, they call. Jerusalem, Jebus. Uh, yeah, I think the people that lived there were Jebus. Yeah. Jebusites. Jebusites, exactly. Right. 
but apparently they had, they had a lot of names going floating around back then. I don't know. Um, and what did what did what did Melchizedek do when he came up to Abram? Well, he did two things actually. He gave him bread and wine, and then he blessed him. Okay, so he provided these guys coming back from the army, right, or coming back from the war, and then he blessed Abram, and he also blessed God. Yes. Right. So. Um, and then what did Abram do? Abram gave him a tenth of everything he had. Okay, so that's kind of like you would say he tithed. Yes. Right. Okay, so the question is, Abram is a sojourner. He's not one of the people of the land, right? It, I guess you could say, well, he just was paying off the priest for giving him a, a nice blessing. But it seems like there's something bigger here, and Judy alluded to it. Um, there's, let's look at the other places where this Melchizedek guy shows up. So Psalm 110. Didn't copy it there. So Psalm 110. Verse 4. Well, actually, I think we should read the whole thing so we get the context. So whoever gets there first. I have it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning. The dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of, I don't pronounce his name very well. Kizedek. Kizedek. <laughs> the Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. All right, thanks. So, this is interesting because it starts out, the Lord said to my Lord, which is something that Jesus quizzed people. You know, how could the Lord say to, you know, how could the Lord say, sit at my right hand if he's speaking to David? Well, it's it's not David, obviously. It's, this is a messianic um, psalm that David was prophesying. Um, but, and having said that, who, who is he speaking to then um, in verse 4? Or who is it speaking about when it says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wait for the Sunday school answer. Jesus! Because <laughs> it's all caps. <laughs> yes. So... And so I'm sure that when David, um, they would have had they would have had the Pentateuch. So this would have been written down. So they, he would have known who Melchizedek was when he was writing this down after he, you know, was given it by the Holy Spirit. But it's 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 still like okay, what does this what does this mean? Okay, after the order of Melchizedek. Well, we get the great explanation from the great author of the Book of Hebrews. What all this is about. So let's turn. Hebrews, it's actually going to be Hebrews 5, 6, and 7. There's one verse in 6, but Hebrews, we're going to look at the, this, quite a few places in Hebrews, starting in verse, uh, chapter 5. <clears throat> so let's see. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Okay. So, the writer of Hebrews, he's trying to explain, so let's, I guess, give you a really quick, we've been doing this in our home, home fellowship, so, um, verses, or chapters 1 through 4, the whole case is being laid out, so it's a letter to the Hebrews, we assume, you can make the assumption that Paul wrote it, although people, some people say it was Apollos, Apollo, um, <clears throat> some people said it's another, uh, another Hebrew Christian who wrote it, he's writing to Hebrews, so that he can try to establish 
who Jesus is, why Jesus is is the one, and you don't have to go back to the the, the law or the the the, the mosaic system. <clears throat> so he lays out that Jesus is higher than the angels, that Jesus is higher than Moses, that Jesus is higher than. And I hit somebody else in there. But now he's trying to say, so what, what right does Jesus have to be a priest? Because most people knew that he was from the tribe of? Okay. Judah. And priests only came from the tribe of? Levi. Okay. So we have a problem, apparently. Um, how does Jesus become a priest if he doesn't have any Levite blood? Um, there's some. There was some speculation that it says Mary, and I'm going to jump really quickly to this tangent. Some people say, oh, well, look, Mary went to visit her, her cousin, Elizabeth, who obviously was married to a Levite because Zechariah was ministering in the, in the temple, right? And he got the prophecy, and he, you know. Um, but the language that's used when it talks about um, Mary going to visit her relative isn't necessarily a blood relation. She could have been a cousin by marriage. Um, so it's not necessarily that Mary had some Levitical blood that would have then transferred to Jesus. That's one explanation. The other one is, by that time, some of the strictures on priests who worked in the temple had loosened. So they were supposed to, a Levite man that's a priest in the temple was supposed to marry a Levite woman, or a, a woman from the tribe of Levi. But it seems like things might have loosened up a bit and that they were marrying people in other tribes. So it could be that, you know, uh, Elizabeth was actually from the tribe of Judah and she married a Levite. So there's, there's no way, clear indication that Jesus had a lineage to the Levite to be a priest through Mary. So then how can he be a priest? Well, this is what the, the writer of Hebrews is going to lay out pretty uh, extensively here. Um, so, uh, so starting in verse 1, it says, of chapter 5, <clears throat> For every high priest is chosen from among men, is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifice for sin. He can deal gently and ignorant with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obliged to offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he says in another place, which we just read in Psalm 110, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then it goes on and it talks about um, Jesus more and talks about um, him being in the order of Melchizedek again in verse 10. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 11 through 14 really isn't relevant to what we're talking about. It's basically you know, telling them don't, don't become apostate and, uh, and lose your faith. Um, verse 6, uh, chapter 6, I'm sorry. Um, there's another reference to Melchizedek at the end of the chapter, verse 20. 20. Um, yeah, it says where Jesus has gone ahead of us into the into the heavens, into the tabernacle in the in the, in the heavens, <clears throat> um, having become a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so here's that name again, and then verse chapter seven, verse one, we get the the laying out of the details here. So, um, Josh, can you read like seven, one through three? Hey, you know what? Let's go all the way to 10. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation the king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descendant, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. 
And verily they that are the sons of the sons of Levi, who receive the offense the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receives tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. All right. So, um, going back to verse 1. So we already, we already mentioned back in Genesis, it clearly said that he was the king of Salem and he is the priest of the Most High God. All right. Um, but, as we see in verse 2, his, trans, his translation of his name, Melchizedek, it's actually uh, Melech Zedek, yeah. which is king of righteousness. So his name actually translates to king of righteousness. Um, and the fact that he's king of Salem means, Salem means peace, or shalom, right? So he's the king of peace. So, you start putting these things together, and then there's a few more pieces here in verse 3. <laughs> he is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues as a priest forever. So, there's been several theories about who this Melchizedek was, okay? So, I'll just, uh, and there's been whole things, pages and pages written about them. Um, so, so, this is this is sort of the rabbinical teaching, so the Jews obviously knew who Melchizedek was because he was, listed, he was mentioned in the Old Testament twice. They think that, so... In those times before the Levitical priesthood was started, it was usually the oldest person in the family that was the priest, the one that, you know, which is probably why Abraham built the altar and not Lot, right? Because he was the oldest one in the family. Um, But so the custom was, even among the pagans, was the oldest person. You know, great-granddad, if he was still around, he was the priest of the household. I mean, he did the stuff. Well... According to, now I don't know if we went over this in the gene- genealogies a couple weeks ago, some say that Shem was still alive, and that Shem took on the name Melchizedek and became the king of Salem. That's what the rabbinical teaching seems to be, because it fits in with that mindset that the oldest person, now he would have been a geezer, the oldest person <laughs> becomes a priest, right, and then he would have obviously been related to Abram, you know, he, he kind of would be the type of of the first Jewish priest, if you will, or whatever. Um, I don't think that's a viable option for this, because why would Shem take on a different name and become king of a Canaanite city? When Abram's the one that's supposed to be, you know, sojourning, and the one that's going to be given the land. So I don't think that's a viable option. But it was mentioned, so I give it to you. Um, So then it comes down to two things. He was a real man, um... A Canaanite king who, who, and we have other examples in the Bible of who was a worshiper of the one true God. You know, he had some revelation and he was, he was carrying out that, that uh, duty as, as a priest. Um, so he was there. And the other option is that this is a Christophany or a Theophany. Hmm. So Christ appeared in a bodily form as Melchizedek. And he came out and, you know, fed Abram and blessed him. So there's two, there's two sides of it. Now there's there's arguments for and against. Um, there's arguments for him being a for Melchizedek being Christophany, because the terms that are used of him and the explanation used of him doesn't sound like it would fit a normal human being, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that it says king of righteousness, well, there is only one righteous. Even mm-hmm. Jesus himself said there's only one, there's only one righteous, 
you know, God himself, basically, when he was asked by the uh, young ruler, right? What should I do to be, to be good? There was only one good. Okay, so if you're calling this guy the king of goodness, the king of righteousness, he seems like he should be a little more than just a man. Okay, um, the fact that he's called king of peace, all right, that's a given. <laughs> Prince of peace, king of peace, um, that sounds like it applies to, to Jesus as well. Um, the fact that, it, now this is where it gets a little sketchy, because you could say, well, it says he was without father or mother or genealogy, right? So, a Christophany obviously didn't, wasn't born, right? He, was, he just kind of shows up uh, in, in bodily form. So that fits um, that idea, except it seems like the language says, it's just saying that those words, without father, mother, genealogy, are really just referring to the fact that there is no written genealogy of who this guy was, like we have for a lot of the other people. So that's what the Hebrew seems to imply. It's more stressing, there's no genealogy to track him back. But he could still be a real person. But then you get, neither beginning of days nor end of life. And then it says, and he's a priest forever. So we know that every, you know, even this book of Hebrews says, every high priest dies and somebody else has to take over. Mm -hmm. So why does it say this priest continues a priest forever? I, you know, if he was a man, I, you know, so he was a priest on earth. If he went to heaven, you know, he wouldn't be a priest there. So how does he continue to be a priest forever? There's only one, there's only one forever priest. Okay, that's the arguments sort of for and against him being a Christophany or being a Canaanite king. I don't really know which way it falls. I tend to lean more towards the Christophany side of it, considering that he, he brings out bread and wine. Hmm. What does that sound like? <laughs> he brings out the Lord's Supper to refresh Abram after his you know, after his battle. You know, again, it just sounds way too. Also, to add to that, you yeah. know, Abraham didn't think twice about giving a tithe to him. No, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Abraham was a great man. Yes. I mean, the king of Sodom was going to tithe to Abraham, basically. Right. And Abraham was like, I don't take your, don't want to take your stuff. Right. But this man Abraham who was great in the land, felt no no qualms at all about giving this guy who just comes out of nowhere. Sure. Mm -hmm. and I think he maybe he recognized him because he had met with him. Yeah. Yeah. Or he would meet with him. Yeah. Right? Meet with him in the future, right? Uh, right, yeah. Because yeah, a little bit later. And he, he did, when he met with him in the future, he knew who he was. Yeah, he said, go prepare. He's the same guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think a related argument, he, Abraham, quote-unquote, knew who he was. Another argument that's made of against it being just a man, a Canaanite king-priest, is, well, Abraham's running around setting up all these altars. Why didn't he just go to Jerusalem and worship in there, whatever they had set up, if he knew this guy was a, was a priest of the Most High God? They would have had camaraderie and, you know. So... So that's that's sort of the the way the argument goes. I can I kind of but you you know, I guess, and I guess to get to, again to Josh's point too. It says uh, in seven seven it says is it beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he is being blessed by somebody who obviously has the authority to bless, and Abraham recognizes that he has the authority to bless, and the authority that I guess to receive ties back, right? Um, and this whole argument about Levi still being in Abraham's loins and tithing, there was a part of, I think, the Levitical priesthood where the stuff that they got, right, so the Levites took all the tithes, and then they even tied the tenth of that back to the high priests, or the, yeah, the Levites tied to the priests, so the priests could do their work. Well, who? <laughs> it seems like he's they're tithing to the high priest, the high priest through Abram, in this whole process, who would be Jesus Christ. So, I thought that was just another you know icing on the cake, if you will. Um, but the really important thing is, regardless of who this guy is, is that it sets up the pattern by which Christ could be 
a priest and not be a Levite, mm -hmm. right? And so let's look at the let's look at the um, like the rest of chapter seven. Well, let's see. Former priest, at least up through twenty-two. So, <coughs> can we get somebody to read? 11 through 14, and then somebody read 15 to 22. Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> I'll read 11. <clears throat> 11 through what? 14. 14. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, of necessity there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe, from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is Go ahead. Go ahead. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from, from Judah, a tribe with reference to, Mo, to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still, if another priest arises according to the likeness of, Me Me of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a, a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life? For it is with witness of him, thou art a priest, forever according to the order of Melchizedek for, for on the one hand there is a setting aside of former command of a former commandment because of its weakness and law, uselessness for the law made nothing perfect and on the other hand there is is bringing in of a better, better hope through which we can draw near to God, and insomuch as it is as it was not without an oath. For for indeed they became priests without an oath, but he with an oath through the one who said to him, The Lord the Lord has sworn, and will not change his mind, thou art a priest forever. So much more, also, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. All right. So, here's the argument laid out even, even clearer. So, um, so again, the important thing is, is that Melchizedek sets the pattern for how Jesus can be a priest coming from Judah. And not only that, how he can be a king priest, right? He came as, one, one commentator I was reading said, he came as a prophet. And most people acknowledge that, even the Jews acknowledge that. You know, they were, didn't like it, but, you know. And he was declared as king when he came in in the triumphal entry. You know, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed, you know, the son of David. But he didn't take his kingship until, or he won't take his kingship um, until he comes back. Um, and when he died, now he's a priest ministering before us, you know, before the, before the throne on our behalf. So he's always been a prophet. He became a priest at the, at the, at the cross, after his resurrection, I should say. And now he'll be coming, coming back as a king. So he actually will have all three offices. But Melchizedek easily shows the pattern of being a king and a priest at the same time. Um, so that was, uh, that's, that's one aspect that's uh, kind of important as well. Um, but what he lays out also is Old Testament, Old Covenant, New Testament, New Covenant, right? So the Old Testament had priests that were installed by the law. You had to be a Levite, and then you had to be a Aaron if you were going to minister in the temple. Um, and that happened, you know what, I think, I think it's pretty much, it was clear, it was like, what was it, 20 years old, you started ministry, or 30 years old? 30. 30. And you had to quit at like 60 or something? Mm -hmm. So I think it was 50. Okay. So but like you, you, it wasn't like you had a, you didn't even have to like take an oath or anything. It was like, if you were born a Levite, you were in office. And if you were born in a variance tribe, you were a priest. Mm -hmm. You know, and you had to do those duties. Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, so that's that's under the law by the old covenant. The new covenant was okay. Jesus, you are the priest after the order of Melchizedek. You know, the law, the, law, the law is taken out of the way and fulfilled, and now we're setting up the new covenant. There is no law, so there's got to be a change in the, in the priesthood, which is the argument that the, the writer of Hebrews is sort of making there. <clears throat> and the reason, one of the other reasons is, what happened to all the priests in the Old Testament? They died. They died, right. Continually succession. Um, in the New Testament, we have one priest who never dies, and he's able to minister forever, <laughs> right? So he's setting up those uh, those those contrasts there. And why then? Then that and that I guess again substantiates the reason why he can be a priest and not be of the Levite uh, of the tribe of Levi. I don't know if you wanted to ever, if you wanted to take that even further in Revelation 5. Go ahead. Uh, If you look at Revelation 5, verse 10. Again, depending on your interpretation of this, but um, I have mine. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, And hast made us into our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Hmm. So Melchizedek, from how I interpret this, it could also be prophetic. Okay. So he could actually be filling all three. If you interpret this verse, I see the us as the elders, the 24 elders, if you're familiar with that. It it can be a type of the church. And if if the us is those elders, that's us. Okay, so you were looking at verse 10. Of Revelation 5. Right. But the previous verse says, let's see, from every tribe, language, people, and nation, and you have made them. Mine says them. Yeah, that's a... Okay. <laughs> there's a translation faux pas. Um, which, which version do you have? ESV. Yeah. Um, most versions say us. Because that them and us, like can destroy a pre-trib view. <laughs> that one word, that if, if you make that them, the pre-trib thing goes out the window. Oh, I like that then. Okay. <laughs> most versions are us, though. Says us. Mo- most versions <laughs> have us. So. so you're saying the kingdom of priests, a kingdom and priests, is referring to Who? Well, biblically, the saints. Yeah, it could be. You have Melchizedek. Okay. Spoken, you know, literally there. Okay. Jesus. Right. And then us. Okay. Through Jesus. Okay. Well, I guess I would have considered us to be. All right. Every language, tribe, and people. Right. So right. So we don't come from the tribe of Levi. Well, some of us do, but. I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I'm just saying there's, there are Jewish Christians that can believe that. But God has then qualified us under the new covenant to be priests in his kingdom. And, and kings. kings. Yeah, it says yeah. to reign, we shall reign on the earth. Sure. That's, and that's made possible under the order of Melchizedek because that predated the Levitical system. Yeah. Yes. And that Levitical system wasn't in place. Abraham wasn't a Jew until God called him a Jew. Correct. So that Melchizedek came from outside of that covenant. Right. Therefore, the new covenant, which is given us, is actually an old covenant, which is explained. And that old covenant is actually the covenant of faith that was under the order of Melchizedek. Right. So the law came as a special time to try to... To show (laughs) the people that they needed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. So the original thing was Abraham, faith. Right. Because um, I was thinking there was another place I can't find it right now. It's in Peter. We are chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Yes. Royal priesthood. Well, that didn't happen under the old covenant either. You were either royal, tribe of Judah, house of David, or you were priesthood, or in the house of Aaron. So royal priesthood. You were chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that God has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So, again, changing from the Old Testament 
the Old Covenant to the New Testament, New Covenant, mm -hmm. and a different kind of priesthood. And Melchizedek is the pattern for that. First for Christ, and then I guess for the rest of us, according to, mm -hmm. to that. Um, so, Josh, are you saying then that the New Covenant, because the Order of Melchizedek, whatever his name is, was <laughs> before the Levitical system, so that actually was the New Covenant, the new covenant was given to us is actually a reestablishment of a covenant okay. of faith. Yeah. As you look at guys, okay. um, Adam, by faith, had to make his sacrifices. His sons, by faith, mm -hmm. had to make their sacrifices, of which one was accepted and one wasn't. And right. okay. We know that whole story. All the way up okay. until the point of Abraham, there was a sacrificial system right. unto faith. They had to believe that God would send a salvation okay. through somewhere they knew that there had to be something and looking forward unto that we have the benefit because we look back to right. that okay and the whole levitical system was to set in place what we were looking unto gotcha and, and, and an interesting thing on that too right well we, we've already covered in genesis you see a few times you know it's sort of thrown in and at that time people <coughs> began to call upon the name of the lord mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. You know, Abram came in and he built an altar. Well, he wasn't a he was well. There was no there was no Levites. There was right. just him, right? So you got yeah. You have Abram. You have, sorry, you have Adam. You have other people calling upon the name of the Lord. Enoch. I would I would assume that he was a prophet and probably made sacrifices. So they were priests according to faith, not according to some Levitical. And we can't forget too that God used people outside of that covenant. And actually, right. You, you look at just an example, Balaam. Sure. Balaam was not a Jew. Right. He was actually called on by Balak to curse the Jews. Right. But they called but God him. wouldn't allow him. Right. But what is he called? Speak. He's called the he's prophet. He's called the prophet of God. Right. He's a prophet of Yahweh. So. So and he was outside of that covenant. So didn't go well. God did later, use. But. No. He, <laughs> <laughs> he was apostate. Yes. Yes, he was. So that's a, that's a really good point, is that the Levitical priesthood was sort of like a parenthesis to... Um, it was... It was, was preserved. It was an example. It was set up to be an example to the generation, or to the to the Gentiles and, and to the heathens, so that they would call right. on God and see, hey, we're wrong. And what was meant to be a light to the world, they kind of... I don't know. Didn't took do. that a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, okay. I think did we did we finish the part in Hebrews? I guess you know, where we finished here. Twenty-two. Version twenty-two. Seven twenty-two. More after that. Yeah, so was a little bit in 23 says eight. those former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, now that's prefer, referring to Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession as a priest for them. Hmm. Right, so again, there's the Melchizedek, you know, uh, setting up that, that pattern that he is... He was without beginning and without death. I mean, that's what it was said to him about him in, in, in Genesis in uh yeah, Genesis, I think. Mm -hmm. Um and then verse twenty eight basically uh summarizes for the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, that's what Jesus uh, God said to to Jesus, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. So, what chapter are you in in Hebrews? I'm sorry, I just was reading the last couple verses of seven. Okay, <laughs> from A to B, and I sorry about wasn't that. Quite sure. <laughs> Don't just give me a whirlwind tonight. So that brings us. Anybody else? So now we really, I mean, I think there's two options from Melchizedek. I, I lean towards that it was a Christophany, 
Jesus coming in a bodily form. Um, <clears throat> now, some people say, well, he can't, because then, then when he was born of Mary, he would have been a, uh, he would have been a second incarnation. Well, but we don't know what it form. Wasn't born. <laughs> That's true. It wasn't born. Well, you have to be born to be incarnate. What do you do with Joshua yeah. 5, then? Yep. Yeah, it's not clear. What? Well, he bowed down and worshipped him. No, no, he did. I'm not saying it's not a yeah. Christophany, but I'm saying... It, well, I'm saying it happened more than once here. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, what about the lamb? Right. We're going to lead a few more chapters forward. We're going to have Isaac trying to be, you know, Abraham's going to sacrifice, and then there's a lamb caught in a thicket. Right. Okay, who's the lamb? And then Isn't Abraham takes the lamb and sacrifices it. Isn't it actually a ram? A ram, I'm sorry. You, yes, a But ram. Abraham says the Lord will provide a lamb. Yes. Actually, in the Which literal, is, uh, it says the Lord will provide himself, himself a yeah. lamb. Yeah. A future but reference. But then it's actually a ram. Right. So it's a foreshadowing. So the argument, I guess what I'm getting at is the argument <coughs> that it's a second incarnation doesn't make sense because right. he obviously, we know that there were other Christophanies yeah. and there was a, you know, a physical manifestation of the sun, mm -hmm. even if it was temporary, like when he came to visit Abram, or if it was the ram, or if it was the yeah. leader of the host of heaven. Right. Um they were still that. No, we don't have anything else. After Melchizedek does this, he isn't mentioned again until Psalm 110. Right? Mm -hmm. right? Only just, so the question is, yeah. was he even really... Real. <laughs> well, he was definitely real. He took, right. he took tithes. He took tithes. <laughs> right. So, we don't know, but we don't know how long he was there. Yeah. So, true. Well, you know what? We can we can we can end out this chapter then. I thought we'd end a little bit. So back in Genesis fourteen. So we have Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything, and then verse twenty one says, "And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself." But Abram said to the king of Sodom. I have lifted my hand to the Lord, God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, repeating all those exact same words Melchizedek blessed him with, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young man have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. Let Aner, Eshal, and Mamre take their share. So, here's this king of Sodom um, and it kind of looks like it looks like on the surface that he's trying to do this magnanimous thing oh no 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 just give me the people and you keep the goods <coughs> but I think Abram is given spiritual discernment to be able to say well I don't want any you basically you're a filthy lucre I'm sure that he had some indication of who the king of Sodom was and what Sodom was all about um he really only rescued them because Lot was in the mix, right? I'm sure if they would have just taken Sodom and left Lot, we wouldn't have had this story. Because I don't think Abram would have gone out to rescue the, you know, the, the people from Sodom and bring them back. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you, you were saying something about him not... Yeah, Abraham wouldn't take anything off of him like as, a, as even if it was an honorable thing that he was doing. It would have been of giving something to him, you know, where he, he, I'm sure, wouldn't have thought twice about taking that, except for that it was, you know, what we're saying, it wasn't, like, right for him to take that, but yeah. it was offered to him. Right. That offering was made to him, and he didn't say, well, you can't offer that to me. No, he was greater than the king of Sodom. Right. In a way. I think. Oh, I guess what you're saying. So Abram is, Abram could have taken it by justification of who, well, he just won. Right. He's obviously a great man. Taking something from King of Sodom wouldn't have been yeah, a... That's where I was going with that. Yeah, okay. It wouldn't have been a, like, yeah. because the blessing comes from the greater <laughs> and the tithe goes to the greater. Right, right. So. And I guess we also have to think, too, that uh, Abram was looking, you know, I think he was looking, he wasn't looking to make gain, 
from being a warrior or, um, you know, he wasn't looking at the material, that's for sure. Um, he just was happy that he, I guess, he had his, his nephew back and the other lives were saved, so. <laughs> Anybody else have uh, anything else from those verses? Not even crickets. <laughs> Good stuff. That was a yeah. clear teaching, though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Really the best teaching I've ever had on thank that. You. Crazy well, you can thank the internet. I thank the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What's well, interesting because uh, I think I think um, Will was supposed to be teaching tonight. And then the schedule got jumped because they went to Nepal and whatnot. And he had asked me several weeks ago, what is this whole thing with, you know, Jesus being Levi and, you know, was he, does he have any Levite blood, Mary being a Levite, whatever, or being related somehow? <clears throat> and so it's funny because then I said, oh, great. So now you're going to be gone and Jay and I are going to get stuck <laughs> with Melchizedek. And then I, you know, then we realized, oh, well, man, this is good because it all fits together. Cool story. Plus, yeah. we just did this in home fellowship. So it was yes, so that was good too. Yeah, timely. Yeah. Yeah. Who is saying that <coughs> Jesus or that Mary is in the line of the Levite? So the reasoning is it says Mary went to see her relative or okay. her close her right. kinsman Elizabeth. So are the are the Jews saying this? Is this how they're Well it's in Luke. I think it's in oh. the story. Well, no, 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 the, uh, no, no, no. The, the thing about it is just much one of those conjectural things. Oh, okay. Because she was married to Zachary. uh Zechariah. Yeah, Zechariah. Zechariah, right? I right. wanted to say Zacchaeus, but he's married to Zechariah, who was a priest. Right. Who and the, he went into, he was he went in to make the offering at the Holy right. of Holies. So he was a high, a priest. like one of the high priests. Who, right. It was his turn, and he couldn't talk until the baby was born. It was going right. to be named John, not after him, Zechariah, right. and that whole thing. So he was a Levite but who is of the lineage of Aaron. No. So the, so the yeah so the reasoning is is a Levite like so Zechariah was a Levite. Mm -hmm. The regulation in the law was a Levite, especially one that ministers in the temple, which he was, is only supposed to marry a woman from the tribe of Levi. I get what you're saying though. Who's saying that she could have been a Levite? Well, well I guess I nobody really. And I don't understand why Mary would have such. Um, I don't know what the word is, like prestige, like why would Jesus inherit it through Mary the woman? Wouldn't he oh, inherit through Joseph the father? Yeah, I mean, Levite, I think culture? that, yeah, priesthood. From a Levite, yeah. Yeah, Levite, Levite uh, yeah, the priesthood did transfer from father to father. That's why this right. that's what argument doesn't make sense. Right, right. But the, but it the, doesn't make sense. But I think the, 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 the way that I think that the writer of Hebrews was trying to, to address this, as well as there's a bigger question of, Okay, we know that he was a king because he was from the tribe of Judah and he was from the house of David. Okay, that makes complete sense, right? But God works in a certain economy. He makes things, you know, things tend to be in a certain order. So it makes sense that he's in the house of David, he can be the king. How can he be a priest if he's not, if he doesn't have any Levite blood in him? Well, we just went through because he's after the order of Melchizedek. He's outside of the... Mm -hmm you know, the Mosaic Law. Um, but there have been people that have tried to say, well, look, Mary must have had relations that were Levite, so she must have had some Levite blood in her, so therefore Jesus did have some Levite blood, so therefore he was a priest. He could be a king and a priest legitimately under, even under the under the Mosaic Law. It seems like a big jump. Right. No, no, I, but I agree, but I mean, I never really thought about it. Like, oh yeah, that's right, she is married. Elizabeth is married to Zechariah, who is a priest. That means she should be a Levite. You know, so how is Mary related to her? Because if Levites are always marrying within their own clan, how do you get a... But does it actually say that? That they have to marry within their own clan? Well, I think it did. But I, that's why I was saying I think that the, by the time that, you know, 1 AD came around, it was getting a little more lax. Okay. People were doing things they shouldn't... Well, we know there were a lot of things they weren't, shouldn't have been yeah. doing. Um, 
But then the thing is also the, 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 the Greek about Mary going to visit her close relation doesn't necessarily mean they were blood. Right. Right. We don't ever get a clear right. connection on how they're related, do we? Right. No. I mean, I've not and, come across anything. Right. <clears throat> that doesn't mean anything, but... <laughs> right. Because Mary... Let's see. There could have been a relation through, through marriage that somebody on Elizabeth's side was married into the tribe of Judah. I don't know. It's, it, it get, you're right. The question is, why press the er, issue? I guess the issue was, is people, if you, if you don't think through this Melchizedek thing, then you have to find a way for Jesus to be a priest right. with some Levitical blood in him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Nice Which and tidy. All. But there's a lot of holes in that, in my opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Sure. <laughs> and I think this is actually a stronger case yeah. because he isn't under the Levitical system. He's under the, he, you know, he brought in the new system. Right. Of, or the old system. Of, yeah, the original system. The new covenant, <laughs> which is an old covenant. <laughs> right. There was a precedent already established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And otherwise, yeah, I guess God wouldn't have brought Melchizedek on the scene whoever he is. But I think those that, that do that are looking for either loopholes or looking to try and make the law still have to apply. Right. You know, right. And especially he dealt with this, so the alert of Hebrews is trying to trying to tell Hebrews, Hebrew believers, Jesus is legitimately a priest right. because of Melchizedek. He didn't have to have, and he clearly says, no one came from the tribe that Jesus, Jesus is clearly a, a Jude, from Judah and Moses said nothing about priests. So he's clearly, he's given them that point. Mm-hmm. But it's moot. It's moot. Yep. Because he's not under the law. He's, yeah. So. <coughs> <laughs> Take that. It's all the better. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else. Baron, will you close us? My voice is going. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.